Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We know that one day those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. We know that one day Jesus, who said this to the people of his generation, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was a promise that they will see him again. He will come back. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian resumes his teaching on Daniel chapters 11 through 12. Now here's Pastor Brian. It says he will show no regard for the God of his fathers or ancestors as the NIV says. So he has, his ancestry is an ancestry that has uh, the worship of a God. He's going to show no regard for that. But then here's the interesting one, or for the one desired by women. So what does that mean, the one desired by women? Well, the term, the desire of women in Israel was a, a messianic reference, because the, all of the women hope to be the mother of the coming deliverer. Now, I think it, the King James Version um, says something like he, he will, you know, have no desire for women. And therefore, some people have speculated and thought, oh, maybe this person is going to be a homosexual that's been tossed about over the years, but I don't think that's what the reference is. I think, again, it's more in this context of Israel. But he will exalt himself above all them. Instead of them, he will honor a God of fortresses. A God unknown to his ancestors, he will honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. Now, I want to encourage you, I'm going to quote from Revelation 11, 12, and 13 before we're done. But I, I just encourage you, go take some time and go read those three chapters. Because what we're, what's being described here is actually what is described in the 13th chapter of Revelation with the second beast, the false prophet, who leads the world in the worship of the first beast. That, that's the primary thing he does. And notice here, it's talking about he is honoring a God of fortresses, a God unknown to his ancestors, and he will honor him with gold and silver, precious stones, costly gifts. He will attack the mightiest fortresses with the help of a foreign God, and he will greatly honor those who acknowledge him. He will make them rulers over many people and will distribute the land at a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south will engage him in battle. The king of the south will engage him in battle, but listen, and the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots and cavalry and a great fleet of ships. 
Okay, remember Antiochus? Who is he? He's the king of the north. This is a different person. This person is being attacked from the south and from the north. Now, when you read the book of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel 37, 38, 39, Ezekiel focuses on this massive army that comes against Israel being led primarily from the north. I think that what's being talked about here is parallel to that. These things are all tied together. And so the king of the north will storm against him. He will invade many countries and sweep through them like a flood. He will also invade the beautiful land. That would be a a reference to Israel. Many countries will fall, but Edom, Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will be delivered from his hand. He will extend his power over many countries. Egypt will not escape. He will gain control of the treasures of gold and silver and of all the riches of Egypt with the Libyans and the Cushites in submission. But reports from the east and the north will alarm him, and he will set out in great rage to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the seas at the beautiful holy mountain. That's a reference to Jerusalem, which sits between the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea. He will pitch his tent. He will set up his camp there, yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. So I think that it should be clear that we moved on from Antiochus Epiphanes. This is clearly talking about a different person and a different time. And now it's taken us out to the time of the end. And at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose, names, whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. So at that time, Michael is going to rise up. And this will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. So this is the same, you know, Jesus says very similar things when he's asked the question about what would be the sign of your coming, the end of the age, and Jesus begins to go through and list the various things. And he says, and there will be a time of great tribulation such as the world has never known. And if those days were not shortened, there would be no flesh remaining alive. So Jesus is really echoing what is said here in Daniel. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So this is taking us out to all the way out to the resurrection. And notice this, those who sleep in the dust of the earth. Sometimes I think about how absolutely mind-blowing this is going to be. When 
the graves are opened and people walk out of their graves. What is that going to be like? Those who sleep in the dust of the earth, all of those who have died and been buried are going to wake up, rise up out of the grave. Some to everlasting life, but some to shame and everlasting contempt. There's the difference between those who are inheriting the kingdom that Jesus said his father had prepared for them from before the foundation of the world and those who are not allowed to enter in. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, seal up the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be for a time, times, and a half a time. It will be for a time, times, and a half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked my Lord, What will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are sealed up until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished, Remember, this is going back to 927 as well. And the abomination that causes desolation is set up. There will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Wow. Amazing. Now, time, times, and a half a time, 1,290 days. The only other place these phrases and, and, and those numbers appear in the Bible are Revelation 11, 12, and 13. And in Revelation 11, 12, and 13, you have essentially the same period of time that's being described. Now, listen to what Revelation 11 says. The Gentiles will trample the holy city for 42 months. So 42 months, that's a time, time and half a time. 36 months is, you know, three years. 42 months is six additional months. So it's three and a half years. And I will appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 
1,200, and not 90 days, but 1,260 days. So there's a 30-day difference here. And there's no reason given for it, but I think we can safely say that it's the same period of time that's talked about here in Daniel. So the witnesses will prophesy the 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Revelation chapter 12 Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all nations with an iron scepter. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she should be taken care of for a time, times, and a half a time out of the serpent's reach. So here's the same terminology. And then finally, Revelation 13, the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opens its mouth to blaspheme God, to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people, to conquer them, and it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So clearly, these ways of of describing this period of time found both in Daniel here in the 12th chapter and now here in Revelation. Again, clearly, we're, we're talking about the same thing. And remember, Jesus is the one who said when he was answering the question about the sign of his coming in the end of the age, Jesus is the one who said, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, as was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So for all those who want to take this and say, this already happened, well, yes, it did happen on a certain level, but not in the fullest sense of how it will yet happen. So again, if we go back and look at Antiochus Epiphanes, we see a type of this future ruler that will come and a glimpse, a small-scale glimpse of what he will do on a worldwide scale. Now, three and a half years, time, time, half a time, 42 months, 1,260 days, 1,290 days, that is a three and a half year period. Remember, According to Daniel 9, there's one seven-year period that's left. But also in that ninth chapter, we're told that in the middle of the final seven, in the middle of it, this prince that will come, he will make a covenant with the people of Israel and he will take away the daily sacrifices and set up the abomination that causes desolation. When does he do it? He does it in the middle of the week. He does it at the three and a half year mark. And so from the point that that happens, that's this 1,260 days or time times half a time is 
the three and a half years that follow that. And according to what the angel said to Daniel, when Daniel asked the question, what will the outcome of all of this be? And he gives them the time frame from the time that the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days until everything is completed. But then he adds this, blessed is the one who comes to the 1,335th day. What is that? I don't know. (laughs) Nobody knows. There's been some speculation. Some have said, we know that according to Matthew 25, we know that when Jesus comes, he's gonna gather all the nations before him. He's gonna separate them like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Come, uh, you on my right hand, enter in the kingdom that my father has prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. You on my left hand, depart from me into the fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I never knew you. Some people have said this 1,335th day will conclude the judgment of the nations and then begin the the reign of Christ. Maybe so. We don't know. We don't know. But here's the word I want to close with. Remember, those who know their God they will do exploits. Psalm 11.3 asks this question. If the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? We can be sure of this. The world is going to get worse before it gets better. There's no doubt about it. The world is going to get worse before it's going to get better. And we might have seasons, we pray that we might have seasons of mercy where God visits us, where he pours out his spirit, where lives are transformed, where tens of hundreds of thousands of people come to faith. And that that is what we long for. That's what we hope for. That's what we pray for. But we have no guarantee that that is going to be the way things go. Jesus said in those passages in Matthew, 24, he said, you know, evil days and evil people are going to grow worse and worse. And as we see the foundations being destroyed, what are the righteous to do? Well, somebody answered it this way. And I think this is absolutely the answer. Keep being righteous. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do. Here's what we don't do. We don't despair. We don't, you know, throw up our hands and just give up because it's a lost cause. And we don't complain about the state of affairs. We don't live in nostalgia and just wish we could get back to the good old days. Because the truth is, there never really were any good old days. 
I mean, we've all had better days than other days, but, you know, the good old days are a figment of our imagination. There's always been trouble and sin and grief and violence and war and all that's been the history of the world. So not living with this, this nostalgic thing, but like those people that we read about there, those who know their God will do exploits. We got to seize the moment and do the things that God has set before us and just be faithful to those things, those things in our personal lives, those things in our family lives, the thing in our church life together as God's people, the things in our community. And, you know, if that rolls out into our state and if we get to go out into the nation and if we get to cross the sea and go to other nations and have some sort of impact for good for the kingdom, we do all of that. But that's what we do. We keep being righteous. That's the answer. And so we know. We know what's happening. We know where it's all headed. We know that one day those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. We know that one day Michael the great prince will stand up for the defense of Israel. We know that one day Jesus who said this to the people of his generation you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was a promise that they will see him again. He will come back. And that's what Daniel is all about. (laughs) The fact that God has a kingdom and he's already implemented it to a certain degree, a small degree. And we are that kingdom. His people are that kingdom. But that kingdom, we know, like that that stone that hit the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, that stone hit the image that represented all the kingdoms of the world. It hit the image in its feet and the image crumbled and the stone became a mountain that filled the whole earth. And that's where we're headed. That's where history is headed. And so when that's going to happen, God only knows. But we can be busy about the king's business and leave that other part to him. And we can be sure that just as surely as he sent Jesus to give his life, for our sins so that we could be washed and redeemed and saved just as surely as he did that he's going to send him back to establish his forever kingdom Join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. 
Hi, Pastor Brian here, and it is the beginning of a new year, and I think one of the greatest things about the gospel is the truth of the grace of God, that we're saved by grace, that we live in His grace, that ultimately we are brought home through His grace. And so this month, we are offering a great little booklet by Paul David Tripp, 40 Days of Grace. So what a great way to start the new year, taking a deep dive into the grace of God. And so if you would like to get your copy, let us know and we'll be happy to send you 40 Days of Grace by Paul David Tripp. Again, this month's resource is a book titled 40 Days of Grace by Paul David Tripp. You can order the book 40 Days of Grace by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book 40 Days of Grace by Paul David Tripp to help you better understand that grace is more than you think. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we continue our series with the book of Amos. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.